Hello and welcome to Eddie and Matt Outkick their coverage. The majority of this week, uh, of week four's game, sorry, are already done and dusted. With some impressive wins for the Browns, Raiders, and Bucks, a good comeback win for the Jags, and a pain, and painful losses for the Lions, Bills, and Vikings. Now, because we're Vikings fans, uh, we'll be touching on that. Uh, for me, the Bears' day was very, very good. Uh, our offense was very, very poor. It's uh, it's like we assumed that that Cook and Madison at all just just run it down with throats, and then they didn't really have a plan B. Uh, uh, until they went no huddle with about six minutes to go and then took it down the field 90 yards and scored. That seemed like one of the just flick pan pan for me. Um, as I said before, the Bears excellent. The Bears' deal sorry, was very excellent uh, with an excellent strength for depth for de- and defence of the Vikings' deal was also very good. Uh, all in all, it was a shit day at office for us. Uh, Eddie, your thoughts? Well, um, with it being a Vikings ineptitude extravaganza, I didn't actually finish the game, as you know. I I went to bed about halfway through the third quarter because I don't think I'd be alive this morning. I probably felt it floor and had an heart attack just with how angry I was. But what the main things I picked up on is the def- defence uh, away from home, slow start again. Just teams marching downfield. Not in the same vein as the Packers did, but they did move down with the first possession and score when really they shouldn't have done. I'm thinking there's a conspiracy theory with Chase Daniel, I think. They trained with him all week, knowing he was going to come in. I don't believe Mitchell Trubisky were actually injured. I think they've basically used it as a ploy to be able to throw Vikings' defence off. And that's exactly what they did. And that's why they ended up 10-0 up at half-time. And as you can see, as soon as we adjusted to Chase Daniel, they scored three field goals. And I don't think they'd have got two of them if it wouldn't have been for the fact that fumbles from Cousins. Um, And he's the main negative from the game for me. I thought he was poor again. I think he missed a lot of passes. I was showing you one um, before yeah. we started the podcast. There were an opportunity to either hit Thielen deep, and even if you don't want to have that extra second to throw that ball, he still had enough distance to be able to get the ball 20 to 25 yards to a fully open Stefan Diggs, and instead he dumped it off to CJ Ham, which is nice if you want five yards and to you know go two, three and out, but... We could have moved chains. We could have backed the Bears off a bit with some of these passes. But because he wasn't hitting him when he needed to until the end of the game, as Matt said, they were just pointless. And it's like you say, if a team like the Bears are missing the best linebacker in Roquan Smith and the best defensive tackle in Akeem Hicks and you still can't run the ball against them, it does show that they have such great strength in depth and they are a very well-coached and a very good team. But it also shows we cannot rely on just running the ball. It also shows that our offensive line is still not top tier. We need to get things changing. And against the Giants, we need to get it rolling again. It's the perfect get-right game, but it's also a massive trap game with Daniel Jones being so new to the league. We can't afford to be 2-3 and three in Week 6. No, I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm worried about that game, but I'm also the week after we've got the Lions, who... We're flying out there. Yeah. They were very unlucky to lose the Chiefs uh, last night. Uh, just it was a um, heartbreaking loss for the Lions for me. Uh, Even missing some of the better players as well. <coughs> yep. Like, I think they lost a few players through injury. There are also a few suspect calls from the Lions' perspective as well. Yeah. But, as you say, the Chiefs are not going to give up against you. Either. They've got no, a lot of quality. And I think Patrick Mahomes, as stupid as it sounds, struggled a bit indoors. Yeah, someone might have mentioned that at some point in some form of conversation and got laughed at, <laughs> but it can happen. When yep. things are a bit different, I mean, he could be too powerful with his passes, as silly as it sounds. 
But no, from what I saw from the game, the Lions looked pretty good. I actually predicted 38-28 win for the Chiefs, but they kept it closer and they looked absolutely fantastic on yep. it. Even to concede that many points defensively against the Chiefs, I think they held up really well. They pushed the Chiefs to have to really try in the fourth quarter and they haven't had to do that in any other game. No, um, yeah, they were, they were, like I said before, it was a heartbreaking loss for them. Um, just, just a terrible week for our, uh, us and our little uh, group chat, isn't it? We've had a, yeah, it is, a yeah. stinker. I couldn't believe what happened to the Ravens, but the yeah. Browns finally went to the run first and intelligent play card and it, it absolutely worked. They managed to stop Lamar Jackson and that offence and they managed to just move the ball consistently. But I, I have to say that that Browns defence looks tasty. Well, and the road as well, though, good. wasn't it? Yeah, they've won both their away games and lost their own games. Yeah, maybe there's too much pressure on being at home. Maybe because that that crowd. Whew. I think also as well, you've got to think the one thing that I have to say about the Ravens, they're very organised. They, they they are missing Preston and Zedarius. I mentioned before they might not be, but the last two games I've watched, they have actually missed, and they do need that little bit of extra pressure on quarterback because they're able to stop teams in a certain sense, but then they're not. They need to get to quarterback much faster, much better. Otherwise, they're going to struggle. Because yep. Baker Mayfield didn't seem like he were in as much danger as he has been in any other game. He didn't seem really worried at all. And that's basically because there wasn't anyone getting in his face as much as there should have been. And maybe he just woke up feeling dangerous, that's all. Maybe. Rather than waking up feeling bang average. Maybe it was like the, the uh, positive look that he got from <coughs> Rex Ryan wearing brown and orange. <laughs> Oh gosh, right. Uh, anything else you want to tack on to that? Just like I said, I think there's been a lot of disappointments previous in previous couple of seasons, and I think Kirk Cousins is the main issue for the Vikings at the minute. There's talent there, but I just think there's just there's something mentally wrong. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we come out against the Giants if we come out no huddle and yeah. we stay no huddle because we just seem to be a much more efficient team picking up little bits and pieces here and then. Take How strange it. would that be if Kirk Cousin could use the playbook without having any input from the offensive coordinator all, and do all a free of job? <laughs> but, I mean, <clears throat> as it showed with Chase Daniels, he, he took what we gave him. Yeah, exactly. That's what you've got to do, haven't you? And if, if, if Kirk can do that against the Giants and the Lions, then it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a start. Yeah. And then the Eagles a week after that, that could be said, more of a test. But The popping off of the big deep passes, like he missed Thielen, he missed Diggs. Yeah. And then it, and early on in the game, Thielen missed out on getting to a touchdown pass. He overthrew um, Stefan Diggs in week two. He needs to get these deep balls sorted out to give us a chance to scare defences so they'll back off. Because if either of those would have hit, both the games are completely different. Yep. It's a seven hour game if Adam Thielen gets that touchdown. It's a seven. It's I think it was seven seven hour or fourteen seven. If Diggs had got that ball. We'd have moved it downfield even more. Defenses would back off and they won't focus as much on run. And I think that's one thing the Bears knew. We can't. We couldn't beat them because the Med get Kirk Cousins win game, and he's not capable. But big, big. I've got so much respect for Bears. So much more respect for Bears now, on their defense. Their offense is just Matt Nagy's doing what he can with what he's got. Yeah. But defensively, that's they're just killing it. Vic Fangio, not so much in Denver. No, he's maybe it was the talent. That's sneaking the joint up any little bit in Denver. Making us look a bit silly with our takes. Yeah, no, I mean, the Jags made them look. And they got out to lead against the Jags. Got yeah. 14 to look, were they at, some, at one point? Or? Something like that, yeah. 21, and, something like that. And then Jags just come back and Gardner Minshew put his cowboy out on back to front and, and I'm at him. 
Uncle Rico. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he's doing all right, isn't he, for a, a late draft pick. Yeah. we got Cameron Smith, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so swiftly moving on. You got anything else you want to add, mate? No, I think I'm, this, this week four is in the rearview mirror for me now, mate, moving on to week five. Well, that's to be done it. Well, yeah. I did pick us to lose, so I suppose it's not too bad for every, my Every cloud, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd rather go 0-16 uh, with my picks any day of week. Yeah. So today it's um, another. It's it's a similar to last week because it's it's a brief edstery of the NFL. I saw something that I found really interesting. I'm basically wanting to parlay this information onto yourselves, and I'd like to hear Matt's input on some of it. So I'm gonna go through and hopefully Matt's gonna chip in um, with some of his own insights and interests for it, and hopefully you all enjoy it too. So I'm looking forward to it, mate. Yeah, and see what you've dug up. Yeah, let's. Uh, Crack on with the brief edstry of the NFL. <laughs> so, initially, the NFL started off with 75 teams. Well, not say started off. has had, in its history, 75 teams. Off to a great start there. Yeah, well done, mate. Straight out of the box. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, it were originally called the American Pro Football Association, and it started in 1920. Um, to be an initial franchise in the NFL, you just had to have $100. And that were all you had to put up wow. to become a team. Um Obviously, back then, it wasn't like it is now. The teams didn't really have logos or anything. Um, they made Jim Thorpe the president because, basically, people knew who he was. And yeah. thought he'd give the team some, um, you know, some notoriety. Um, two teams that are the oldest teams in football, which started out early on in the 20s. The first one is the Decatur Staleys. I believe that's how you say it. Who are now the Chicago Bears. Yeah. And, weirdly enough... Chicago Cardinals, who are now the Arizona, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. So the two oldest franchises, both from technically sh- from Chicago, <laughs> who beat us yeah. this week. So yeah. everything comes around full yeah. circle. I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> they were supposed to be, the Cardinals were supposed to be the Reds, or but their kit were maroon. So it was like, it's supposed to be Cardinal Red. And obviously yeah. because, it were card- because they said it were Cardinal Red, they just called them Cardinals. Cardinals. Which was weird. You'd be weird. Now, the first ever season, uh, the team that won it were the Akron Pros. the Patriots. Pros. Yeah, Patriots, Bill Belichick <laughs> coaching. And it were the Akron Pros, and they won the first ever title. And they're also the team that had the first black player and black coach. So, fair play to them for doing that, especially in that time. Yeah. Um, they used to get a gold pendant. Obviously, they want a lot of money. And honestly, it was a tiny gold pendant that each player got just for winning that league. And the trophy was called the Brunswick Bark Colander Cup. And that what it was called, like a big cup, what the team got. But each player, obviously, instead of a ring, yeah. got the little pendant. And the the trophy, you should look it up on uh, Google, but it, it looked a bit weird. I'm sure it had, like, a wooden like antler on it or something, but it got lost after the first year. Yeah, lost. My own personal opinion, you got points put in yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, um... In 1922 rolled round, uh, the Green Bay Packers uh, joined the league. Oh. Uh, some team from Green Bay. Uh, they put up $500, $500, must have shot up straight away, yeah. to be added in. And that money was put up by a meatpacking firm, which is obviously where they got the name from, the Green Bay Packers. Where all this cheese nonsense has come from, <laughs> but yeah. And they're the, they're the team that built the first ever sports stadium that's meant for football. So you think they've done a better job? Yeah. They've hardly improved it since, have they? No, I don't think they've done anything. <laughs> but yeah, and um, the Chicago Bears changed the name to the Chicago Cubs. 
uh, the Decatur Staley's changed the name to the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. So it has to be linked with the uh, baseball team. Baseball team, but the name eventually changed to the the side on the Bears because obviously the Bears are bigger, football players are bigger, and they just thought it made sense. Yeah, we rolled on to nineteen twenty two, and the APFA has changed its name to the NFL. Uh, 1923 um, one of the original teams which is the Minnesota, Minneapolis Marines uh, which were there in the early stages it left the league shame yeah. and in 1925 the New York Giants formed um, obviously not all these teams started off called the Giants or whatever but this is the initial uh, uh, you know the iteration of the team the original franchise yeah, yeah. yeah so they are the Giants but I'm not 100% sure there were Giants at this point. I'll have to look into that. And, well, I've not got time now. I've already started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in 1926, the Los Angeles Buccaneers hit the league. So, you know, the first use of the name Buccaneers was actually an LA team. And they travelled the country. Uh, never really played in LA. They played one game in LA. <laughs> LA and most of the other games they, like, had special showcases for their own games and played away games. Weird. 1927, there were a New York Yankees football team. Obviously, Obviously. again, to affiliate with the baseball team. Yeah. And in 1930, we get the first iteration of the uh, Detroit Lions, which were an, 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 uh, sorry, originally known as the Portsmouth Spartans. Fancy. Very fancy. Also, the, I could imagine a few of them players running around with a cape and a pair of underpants on. <laughs> Sounds right up Rich's street, doesn't it? <laughs> 1932, the Boston Braves um, joined the league. Can you can you guess who that was? Was it the... Uh, oh. It's not an hard one, it's not an easy one. It'll get you. Oh. But yeah, the Boston Braves. Boston Braves, Boston Braves. Was that... Ah. Think of Braves. Is it a, a... It's more towards Braves than... All right, so is it, is it the Redskins? Then? Yeah, they were originally the Redskins, so this is when they joined. Uh, they became the Redskins in the, the following year. Um, but yeah, they originally came to the league as the Boston Braves, obviously moved to Washington, became the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1933 brought the Cincinnati Reds, again, it's a baseball, baseball team. The Pittsburgh Pirates, baseball, baseball team. Yeah. And the Philadelphia Eagles. And the first ever use of the playoff system were brought in this year as well, 1933. <clears throat> in 1934, Portsmouth Spartans moved to Detroit and regretted it ever since. <laughs> uh, but yeah, officially became the Lions. And in 1936, we got the first ever college draft because originally players just... Just turned up. Yeah, you could just take the players. Um, 1937, the Washington... Uh, sorry, the Boston Braves moved to Washington. Uh, the Cleveland Rams joined the league. Crikey. Ah, yeah. And they're now the LA Rams. So how strange is that? That team, all these different teams have bounced out from these different I've got three, te- three franchises in Cleveland then. Or is it more? Because I Cleveland Rams. Because Cleveland Indians the, have been there as well. And that was which the, again from they, baseball. But this, we're not going to that yet. There's been quite a lot. And obviously yeah. they've moved to Baltimore. It's crazy, <clears throat> this league. Um, 1939, the first telecast of a football game we're on. Basically like watching a Charlie Chaplin film with lots of people in. <laughs> 1940, the Pittsburgh Pirates went from the Pirates to the Steelers in you know monument of the steel workers that lived around there and the first showing of the now famous nfl shield were brought in yep 1943 the cleveland rams were suspended now in 1943 uh, world war Two was going on yeah so the and this is true the philadelphia eagles and the pittsburgh steelers joined an intimbecker team 
called the Steagles. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that sullies both of their histories. <laughs> the Steagles. Take that, Hitler. It's it's like something you need some tablets for or some cream, doesn't it? it oh, another case of Steagles. Ah, ah, Matt's got Steagles. <laughs> oh, we can only get some of that cream on. Make sure he washes it regular. Steagles. Nineteen forty-four, the Chicago Cardinals merged with the Steelers to make a team called Card Pit Original. Smart, funny, witty. It's like they got Cam to do to name some of the teams. Card Pit. Sounds like a crap casino. Sounds like yeah. Cam's funniest football team. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it. Um, the Boston Yanks came in. That's the actual name, the Boston Yanks. Right. And uh, the Rams returned after their hiatus. And the Brooklyn Tigers were merged in 1945. The Rams then moved from LA to Cleveland. Oh, sorry, no, the Rams moved from Cleveland to LA. Yeah. All mixed up now. We're all here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> 1950, the 49ers and the Browns finally joined. So we finally got the Cleveland got the team back, and you know, 49ers popped up. Obviously, we all know why the 49ers called the 49ers due to the you know actual miners basically is what they are. Um, back in the early stages of America's history. 1951 brought the Baltimore Colts, but this isn't the original Colts you know that we have now. This yeah. is a team that just came into the league. 1952 brought the Dallas Texans. And it's not the Cowboys, but it's a team called the Dallas Texans. It would have made sense, but it's not. <laughs> they were the uh, last few teams to fold at this time. Um, no more teams folded after the Texans, I don't believe. It was just reintroduction of the teams now. So 1953, so the Colts and the Texans have both uh, gone. Gone, gone in the space of a year. <laughs> Baltimore Colts came in and sustained the franchise Obviously, we all know now they eventually became Inabit- the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts after they left in the middle of the night. And they <coughs> knew where they got. On the old Mayflower. Aye, very upsetting times. 1960, the Cards moved to St. Louis to become the St. Louis Cardinals as opposed to the Chicago Cardinals. The Dallas Cowboys were finally born. And they were going to be called the Steers. But um, huh. the owner said it will have been called, you know, a, a castrated animal, something that people might mock, so mm. the best not call them that. <laughs> but they felt like castrated animals from, like, 1995 onward. <laughs> uh, 1960 also brought about the AFL. So the Houston Oilers, who are now the Tennessee Titans, the New York Titans, who are now the Jets. New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, obviously the Buffalo Bills, the Boston Patriots, which is now the New England Patriots, the LA Chargers, so they were originally the, the LA Chargers. Chargers yeah. uh, the Dallas Texans came back, uh, which is now Kansas City. Obviously. Uh, Denver Broncos and the Oakland Raiders. Now the Broncos were named by a fan like a fan contest, and quite a few teams did this. The Chargers did it, Oakland did it, but originally with Oakland, they were voted from to be called the Seniors because there were a lot of Spanish. The Spanish, uh, the Spanish yeah. Spanish, yeah. But apparently people kicked off saying that it were rigged, so they they decided to change it to Raiders um, because people weren't happy. 1961 brought about the greatest franchise to never win a Super Bowl, the Minnesota Vikings were born. <laughs> the GM named him basically because he thought the Vikings represented the people from that time. They were strong people who would, you know, battle on, so don't know anything about 2019 Vikings, clearly. <laughs> Not much fight left in him. Yeah. We ended up with the the Chargers moving to San Diego, becoming what we now know as the San Diego Chargers. 
obviously they're very famous for it. Uh, nineteen sixty three brought around the New York Titans going from Titans to the Jets. They're going to be called the Dodgers. They're going to be called the Gothams. <laughs> they're going to be called the Boroughs, but that's changed to donkeys, so they thought they might call them jackasses. Yeah. So they didn't want to go with that. <laughs> uh, nineteen sixty three, the te- uh, the Texans became the Kansas City Chiefs. The um the names that were bandied around for them were the Mules. The Royals, the Stars, but they settled on the Chiefs. Yeah. They say that it's because um, there are a lot of people from, you know, who are original Native Americans that live there. But they also said it, it could have something to do with the fact that the Kansas City uh, mayor really pushed for the team to come to Kansas City. And in doing so, he, um, like in doing so, obviously, began the team and everyone called that mayor the, the Chief. Chief. Which is clever. <clears throat> I think there were quite there was quite a few. Um, well, there was a large sort of in, Native American population in Kansas, like early doors. So well, when when it became a British colony. So yeah, yeah. makes a lot of sense. Let's see the word on it. Um, <clears throat> we're now approaching the time where I'll be able to expand on a, a few more things. Me and Matt will have a few more riffs talking about Super Bowls and stuff, because we are now creeping up to the points of nineteen sixty six where the first Super Bowls played, but we also had the introduction of the Atlanta Falcons. The names put forward for the Falcons were the Peaches, because obviously Peaches, Peaches Georgia, Peach. Peach. The Vibrants, the Lancers, <laughs> the Confeds, the Firebirds. Yeah. So Firebirds would have been all right. I think Falcons is probably <laughs> It does sound like an XFL team, though, doesn't it? Like it the does. Firebirds. I think that's Just what's coming in. Going back to the, you know, you said the original stuff about um, they try to fight themselves with baseball teams and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. If you look at it now, like there's a there's a Barcelona basketball team, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. So it's still a and thing now, like, like yeah. And um, the but when the when the NFL moved to the London games, yeah. And they obviously got the the contract at Tottenham Hotspurs. You can now get Spurs NFL shirts. That's clever. Yeah. So the, the it's all about marketing. Even back then, they were they were savvy enough to sort of. Seems like expensive toilet paper. That it does, doesn't it? They were savvy enough to sort of do that sort of forward thinking marketing to to get you know. In the into the public's conscious consciousness about you know um, making them aware that oh there's an American football team sort of associated with this club. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what you want because obviously it's going to be expand your fan base, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, a lot of this has been through business. A lot of this is working through. Obviously, I've oh, fired yeah. through most of this from nineteen twenty. We've gone through like nearly fifty years now. <laughs> it's like um, Back to the Future. It is. I feel like um, I forgot his name, Michael J. Fox. <laughs> but yeah, so now we get to the Super Bowl era. So. Basically, the AFL and the NFL were two separate franchises when they first came in. And then it got to a stage in 1966 where the NFL had their competition, the AFL had their competition, the two winners of the competitions played against each other. Which is similar to what we do now, but obviously we're all in the same league. Yeah. Whereas before, it the leagues were separate. separate leagues, yeah. And it was a genuine fight to see who's going to have the best, best team. League. And yeah, well, the best league and yeah. the best team. Now, the the original... Oh, did I mention the Dolphins started in 1966 too? No. They joined the AFL and they had their first season in 1966, <coughs> which obviously was the first season of the Super Bowl. Pardon me. Now, the initial team to win the first Super Bowl was the Green Bay Packers. <coughs> yeah, so, so the Green Bay Packers win the first Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, obviously, the, the newer league were... Yeah, so people expected the Green Bay Packers to go in there and absolutely destroy the Chiefs, and 
they pretty much were a methodical, you know, decent football, smashed ball. Because they played a heavy running game back then in the NFL. But the AFL had a bit more of a creative offence. They used to like using the pass a bit more, which is something that really shines through in the league now. But back then, it was a little bit different. But the defensive power of the Packers managed to overcome the Kansas City Chiefs. And the game actually ended 35-10, to 10, which is nowhere near close. When you think about it now, no, nowadays that's a blowout. Massive isn't it? blowout. Yeah. I mean, the, and then we got the follow-up year, nineteen sixty-eight, and a couple of things happened there. Were the Cincinnati Bengals were born, and the the name that they considered for the Bengals were the Buckeyes because obviously it's Ohio, isn't it? Ohio, yeah. But um, they're stuck with the Bengals, which is yeah. I suppose it's worked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it sounds like Bungles, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another 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 year of a Super Bowl. And this time round, the Green Bay Packers were up against the Oakland Raiders in the Super Bowl, and the Green Bay Packers managed to stomp it out again. Not quite as convincing as the previous one. Only scored thirty three this time, and actually conceded fourteen. But again, they won. Now, from what I remember from what I looked into about the early teams of the Packers, I remember the nineteen sixty six team that won the the nineteen sixty five NFL championship. They'd absolutely dominated. Vince Lombardi, rated as one of the greatest coaches of all time, probably be rated as the second best coach after Bill Belichick. Oh, Belichick now, yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe Chuck Knoll from the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we'll get to later on. But he basically predicated the game on good defense and strong running game, which most people in NFC North would appreciate nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now there's been some fantastic players over the years, but in the early days, I feel like. Paul Horning was one of the players who were really highly rated. He could do everything out of backfield. He was a fullback, and in the NFL back then, it was something that were just a key position. Like halfback and fullback are very like very different things nowadays. But back then, you ran the ball pretty much as much like as much as a running back does now, and that defense just like I say, just dominated teams. Uh, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers back then as well was Bart Starr. And I believe he was fifteen and two with touchdown passes, um, so fifteen touchdown passes to two, two interceptions, something like that, which is absolutely incredible. He was widely regarded as just being a game manager a lot of the time, but again, back then that was the kind of thing you needed someone yeah. who could be smart, work the ball, and he won't have had more touchdown passes because basically back then you were running the ball in. Have you? Um, you know, yeah, I mean for me, past that game manager, I think just to touch on uh, Lombardi. He was no. He was quite the firebrand, Vince Lombardi. He was uh, short tempered. He said what he said, what he thought. What they all doing out there? Yeah. Everybody grabbing, nobody tackling. Yeah, he was. He would give people so much ammo. But if he was wrong, Bart Starr would let him know he was wrong. He wouldn't like stand up in front of the team and like bitch him out. But I think he'd politely address. He'd just say, "Coach, that's not right. That's not right." Yeah, which is what he'd defend his teammates, which is why I think Bart Starr gets. A lot of adulation from his teammates, unlike Aaron Rodgers now. Yeah. Um, no, he's if 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 Lombardi touched, shot shot it wrong, Star would correct him and he'd do it in a in a well mannered, polite way because that was the way he was brought up. I mean, he's, you could tell he was <coughs> a genuinely nice guy. Yeah. Just a tremendous football player as well. I mean, but he'd tell anyone. He had a guard yeah. who kept who weren't doing his job properly, and he said he kicked him. He told them we're going to kick him in the pants. Yeah, obviously that was the insult back then. And that's <laughs> why he'd do if he didn't sort it out, and he did. One of my favourite guys, because that, that America's game for the 66 Packers, one of my, my favourite was Bill Curry, the centre. He was a, he was a um, rookie, rookie that season, yeah. And uh, he was from from the Deep South. <laughs> um, back in the 66, um, or back in sort of like that sort of area, it was... The early 60s, late, eight, uh, late 50s, weren't it? Yeah, it wasn't particularly, what should we go with, politically correct. Yeah. 
towards gentlemen of colour. Um, and it was he basically he basically come from the deep south all up to pretty much as far north as you can get, uh, without getting into Canada. <laughs> and obviously the, the Packers had quite a few African American players on the team. And if you black, I'm gonna call them black players because that's what they, they are black players. That's what they got. Yeah, that's what the college is now. Yeah, now. sorry. Yeah, a few black, they had quite a few black players on the on on the pitch and uh, on the on the team. And uh, my favorite story from Bill Curry is when he was walking uh, back from uh, it was meetings to his to his dorm to his room at training camp. It was a, it was pitch black outside and he just heard this voice, Bill, and he genuinely said he thought God was talking to him and it was uh it, it was the uh Packers defensive tackle a uh, defensive end sorry uh, Willie Davis, all pro, Hall of Fame now defensive end Willie Davis and he just sat down and chatted to him about stuff and he said it, because he Bill Curry didn't feel comfortable in that because he'd never been in a situation where he'd been, as an equal, with black players which you think about it now. It's mad, isn't it, when like everyone integrates now and it's like, like a... Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a taboo thing anymore, is it? It's not a, a no. weird, it's, not a, it's not a strange thing to see. But back then, it was very rare for people that were south of a Dixie line that, didn't, that, that had people they would call friends that were... Well, he said himself, didn't he? He said yeah. he, he thought that the black players were going to hear his southern accent and injury. hurt him and send him back home. Yeah. That's what he thought was going to happen. And it turned out that um, him and Willie Davis become best of merits. And also, Willie Davis made him a better player by yeah, going just, against him and taking practice every day says, and giving him clip notes. He said, when, when Nitschke's in there and he's, sma- he's smashing your face, he's breaking your nose, he says, just look at me and I'll get you through it. Yeah. And that's what he did. That's the true meaning of a leader, that just being able to just put all that aside and help a guy out. I mean, massive respect to, to Willie Davis for that. I see Bill Curry still appreciates it now, so it resonates with him, doesn't he? He yeah. says that then... Yeah, you never looked at anyone to say never again. Yeah, and that's a lesson for us all, I suppose. Sometimes you know you you see differences in people, and even back then when it was so, he didn't have to go out of his way and do that. No, he, did. he could have done what Bill Curry thought he was going to do, but he was the bigger man and 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 made him a better player and made him a better person at the end of the day. But no, that was a, that was a, a great a great team. As it hurts me as much to say the Packers were a great team, but probably three in a row back then that yeah. never happened. Three no, in a well, row. it's not happened since. It's tremendous, but like I said, the year after, the the previous pre, uh, sorry previously had like um, Paul Arning, they had Jim Taylor, both of these amazing fullbacks and yeah. running backs. Well, Paul Arning were consistently injured, and uh, Jim Taylor ended up going to the Saints because uh, he wanted more money. Constantly, we were always at odds with, you know, with Lombardi and yeah. upsetting him and angering him because he wanted what he thought he deserved. Lost Bill Curry because he had to go to uh, to an expansion franchise. Saints. And, yeah, and he ended up at the Colts. Oh, I think I was at the Colts. Yeah, he yeah, went to Saints first. You're right, yeah, yeah. but he ended up going to Colts, and then after that, um, after those injuries, they ended up picking up um, a guy from Yale, uh, running back from Yale called Chuck Massine, and you can just see Lombardi just grieving him about being so intellectually <laughs> advanced. But the guy ended up getting the job done. You know, it just showed how good of a coach Lombardi was. Because even though we're missing all these great pieces, he had some rookies in, but it wasn't like having the previous players he had, and they did struggle a little bit, but they managed to get through it all, win that second Super Bowl, and a lot of people think that Lombardi's health was hurt a lot that year, just because he had so much pressure on him again. And then we roll on to 1960, uh, the 1968 season. Well, I've already said this, I know about Bengals. So 67 and 66 with the Packers won both Super Bowls, and there's little insights for you. 1968, the Bengals were born. They were going to be called the Buckeyes, as I mentioned earlier. And the team to win the Super Bowl that year 
was the New York Jets. And they had to play against the Baltimore Colts, who had Johnny Unitas and all of him quarterback playing for them. They also had Hightower, the uh, police academy. There's some yeah. defensive players, which I always found hilarious. But, um, yeah, that year the Colts were record-breaking. They had tremendous defence, tremendous offence, and they were just walking through teams. And Broadway Joe just mentioned that we'll win the game, I'll guarantee it. And everyone laughed it off because he was basically just a celebrity. He wasn't a great quarterback even for that time. He'll throw it ball a lot more than people do now. I think he threw for 4,000 yards. And back then, that was really unheard of. But I honestly don't feel that he was one of the better quarterbacks in history. I just no. feel like he was one of the more famous ones. And what he, when he predicted that win, it just pushed his fame even more like further forward. But the Jets were basically built on the defence. I think it surprised the Colts how well they defended. And obviously on offence, um, they managed to move the ball down the field a little bit. They were a good connection and they ended up beating the much-fancied Colts, which brought massive shame to that franchise. Because it basically showed that they could compete. And the year after, um, sadly, 1969, the Minnesota Vikings made their way to their first ever Super Bowl to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And sadly for us, we ended up getting tanned by the Chiefs, uh, 23-7. Um, the Chiefs then, though, they had Hank Schramm, who was the coach, and he was a really intelligent guy. And he came up with all these different schemes and different players. His coaching techniques were much further in front than they are now. And they had some great players playing for him. They had Len Dawson, who were quarterback, who used to sit smoke in his changing room. There's pictures on the internet of him doing it. Um, and then I remember they had a middle linebacker called Will Lanier, and he's basically the reason why we've had players like Ray Lewis, Mike Singletree, um, you know, Harry Carson, Lawrence Taylor, all come into the game and be so amazing because this is the first ever black middle linebacker because this guy's basically seen as someone who's reading everything for defense. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's the brains of the defense. You know, this black defender and he's so well spoken and he was so good on the pitch. He would just. You could just see that the reason why he did so well. It's a shame he did so well, to be fair, but they did and they won that Super Bowl. Uh, in 1970, after it were 2-2 two and two in the Super Bowls between the two opposing leagues, the leagues finally merged and became just one NFL. We are NF- NFC, AFC conferences being what they are today. Um, the, that year, the, the Baltimore Colts finally made it back to the Super Bowl and managed to win the world's most boring Super Bowl. Up until last year. Pardon me. Up until last year, yeah. Apparently, it were a, obviously I didn't see it again, apparently it was just a comedy of errors. There were so many mess-ups. And it basically relied on the kicker winning the game for him. It ended 16-13, which to the time wasn't the lowest of the score because New York Jets only beat the Colts 16-7. But um, the Colts managed to, like I say, beat the Cowboys. But at this point, the Colts had actually become an AFC team to balance out the divisions, yeah. um, which ended up meaning that um, the the AFC was now 3-2 to two against the NFL that early on. Uh, the following year, um, the Dallas Cowboys, who were beat by the Colts the year before, managed to get their way back to the Super Bowl again and, you know, beat, uh, beat the... Uh, Miami Dolphins, who had also reached their first Super Bowl. Now, when you think about it, Miami Dolphins had been a franchise for eight years and managed to get to the Super Bowl. Impressive. Pretty sharpest. Yeah. Um, oh, and also in nineteen seventy one, the Patriots became the New England Patriots, not the Boston Patriots. 
But what I do remember about the Dallas Cowboys versus the Miami Dolphins game was just the fact that the defence were dominant. Bob Lilly, you know, he's, he's, a lot of people rate him as the greatest defensive tackle ever, but because he's played so far back, people don't really appreciate it. But when I watched some film with him on, he literally leapfrogged the player. A defensive tackle leapfrogged a guard and just destroyed quarterback. Straight over. But you hear him speaking, he just sounds like a really nice, affable southern gentleman. But on that field, he was a monster. And absolutely. Because that white line, he turns a different person. Oh, like, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of players, there's some players out of that, unfortunately, but a lot of players are like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the head coach <coughs> for that team was, um, you know, Tom Landry. That You'll have seen him on videos. He also had his little... Famous hat. Yeah, his famous hat on. And his, his defence and his offensive coaching at that time was so more advanced than anyone else's. I'm pretty sure he's the one that like made the 4-3 what it is today. And, you know, the four-down four yeah, yeah. linemen and three linebackers. And he yeah. just... It, it, the game obviously showed how good he was because the one twenty four or three, he absolutely smashed the Dolphins. But then we hit a section where the AFC really takes hold. They made some hair, I believe the phrases. Oh yes, in nineteen seventy three, Miami Dolphins were the first and only team to ever go undefeated. They managed to beat Washington Redskins fourteen to seven in the Super Bowl. Now, what really annoyed the coach, um, but then Don Shula is the fact that they went 14 in the regular season and then they were 14 nil up against Redskins and the kicker bottled it and didn't try and make a tackle at one point to stop a player from running down the score and touch down. <laughs> you were furious. But yeah, they ended up beating a team, the, the Washington Redskins, who were pretty much relied on run constantly, 14-7. to 7. As you can tell, these Super Bowls are not the most exciting of games. No. The follow-up year, they managed to be the, like, the second team ever to repeat. They beat the Vikings, sadly, um, 24-7 in the Super Bowl. Now, this Miami Dolphins team, a lot of people have wrote them off before, and all the players pretty much say Don Shula's the reason why they got better. He got them training better, he got them running better plays, and they ended up having the advantage of having players like, you know, they had Bobby Greasy at quarterback, who were a game manager. They had the no-name defence, Manny Fernandez, basically the spearhead of it. They had, uh, so many players on the defence as well. But no All-Famous other than Nick Bodacani. He's the only the only All-Famous out of that defence. Is Lonnie Zonka not on that? Lonnie Zonka's not on a defence. He's an offensive um, player. Mm. <laughs> but we're going to get to Lonnie Zonka. But if you want yeah, to elaborate, I'm just remembering them going, but they've got Gator hunting at some point. It was, it was a few... Him, him and Manny Fernandez are both, like, they, what, what he actually says... Um, Zonka and he says Manny Fernandez is the only man who could jump into um, a swamp fill with alligators and come out with one tied up in his hands yeah, yeah. but yeah that, that what he used to do for fun Manny Fernandez he used to, to, to wind down yeah he said they all they all, they all once put one in uh, in Don Shula's office in shower his office shower yeah, yeah. shower and he says they, they had a vote to see if they should tape its mouth shut and the vote only came in by no one, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it went after him. But yeah, Larry Zonko was just a punishing fallback. I have discussed about how much I like him before, so I don't want him too much. But that was a team that were predicated on the running good defence again, which even now we have teams that go through that. Look at last season's Patriots. They basically went to 1960s football, run the ball well, complimentary pass, and just play good defence. Yep. And it's always worked. And now, so we've seen a team do so well there. Um, and then we got to 1974. 
Um, so the the nineteen seventy four season, the team that won the Super Bowl that year, um, is another team that were turned around by the coaching because this team was terrible for many many years. It was the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they won their first ever Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> and they won the game sixteen to six. But this is a team that we could talk about all day, because this team's absolutely ridiculous. All of Fame quarterback Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. All of Fame wide receiver. Um. Uh, Lynn Swan, um, John Starworth's an Hall of Famer, I believe. Yeah. He's the other receiver. We had uh, Mel Blount, who's an Hall of Famer. Uh, we have um, Mean Joe Green's an Hall of Famer. We have the centre, I can't remember his name. He was an Hall of Famer. Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert's a linebacker, he was an Hall of Famer. Yeah. We have Jack Ham, I'm pretty sure he's a Hall of Famer. Um, we have Franco Harris as a Hall of Famer. Thomas Eckstad. Yeah, don't check that. So there's this many people who are in the Hall of Fame from this team. Shows you how good they actually were back then. We're probably missing some people there as well, aren't we? Yeah, definitely are missing some people. But it's like I say, you've got to look at that team and see how well they've done. Now his name's gone. Uh, he won Super Bowl with Colts. We, uh, who played for Steelers? Yeah. What Super Bowl? Tony Dungy. As a coach. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Tony Dungy got he got it for his coaching, not for his playing. But he came in later on as well. He wasn't yep. there for the seventy four, seventy five team. I think he came later on. Seventy nine. He was cornerback. Yeah. Seventy eight, nine. Yeah, seventy eight, seventy nine seasons. They yep. were played in nineteen eighty, but like the seasons <coughs> from that year. But yeah, this Pittsburgh Steelers team were absolutely stacked. But again, built on defense and run game, which is what that league actually was back then. But yeah, they beat the Vikings, and then the year after they became the third team ever to repeat. And they beat the Dallas Cowboys, who were very good at that time, beat them 21-17. And then the year after that, uh, the 1976 season began, and the Open Raiders, who had been the bridesmaids of the AC for so, so long, finally got to a Super Bowl. <sighs> who did they beat, mate? The Minnesota Vikings, 32-14. So this is the first, like, this is a real spanking the Vikings got here. Yeah. In the last ever Super Bowl they ever got to. But this Open Raiders team were managed, to, you know, coached by John Madden. He had some tremendous players playing for him. Um, Whatever happened to him? Yeah, well, I don't know if I've heard him. Some <laughs> game named after him, I think. But yeah, absolutely fantastic um, achievement for Raiders to finally get there. They could, they could easily have been in five of the, of the previous Super Bowls that were that good back then. And John Madden's coaching were absolutely fantastic. Yep. Um, the following year, the 1977 season, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Denver Broncos in their first Super Bowl attempt. Uh, um, attempt. 27 to 10 seems quite an easy win for him. <clears throat> One thing I didn't notice about this team is the personnel had really turned over from previous victories, and the quarterback for the Denver Broncos had previously been the quarterback challenging Roger Starback for the Cowboys for the starting job. And he went in and obviously wasn't good enough to beat the Dallas Cowboys, who beat him 27 to 10. Um, also, in 1976, the league got the Seattle Seahawks and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers into the league. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were named because that part of the country was raided by pirates, who were Buccaneers back at that time. But the Seahawks, they were picking names and they were going to be called either the Pioneers, the Shippers, <laughs> the Lumberjacks and the Seagulls. Now, we all call them Seagulls anyway, let's all be honest. Not Seahawks. Exactly, not Seahawks. <laughs> but they were the name options that they had. I can't wait to get to the end of this and just run down all the different names that we've had previously because they're just still areas, some of them. But, um, yeah, so we finally got them into the league. 
we've just had Dallas Cowboys win their, I think that was their second Super Bowl. Yeah, their second Super Bowl. And the two and two in Super Bowls. Impressive. And now we get to team that's um, two and a half in Super Bowls already and they beat the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is twice they've done Steel, uh, the Cowboys in Super Bowls. Cowboys have been to five Super Bowls and lost three and won two. It's much better than going to four and losing none. four, yeah. And winning none, sorry. Yeah, Steelers beating... It's a perfect record. It is a perfect record. <laughs> the Steelers beat the Cowboys 35-31. to 31. Now, you compare that to some of the previous games. That must have been a barn burner of a game. That must yep. have been so exciting. I remember seeing highlights of that. And this season, this is where the league actually changed because Mel Blount was such a good cornerback, he were knocking receivers out there and everywhere. Teens couldn't throw a ball on Steelers. Yep. So to change that... They started saying, look, you couldn't touch them after five yards of scrimmage and changed so many different things to make the game easier on the receivers. But this didn't just close it down for the defence for the Steelers. This made it so much easier for the Steelers to throw the ball. Like I say, two legendary receivers, you know, John Stallworth and Lynn Swan, a receiver. And yeah. this year, Terry Bradshaw really got to let it fly. And like I said, this Super Bowl were 35-31. to 31. I think Lynn Swan were injured in that Super Bowl and John Stallworth had a tremendous game. That's a guy who was a child, was so ill, he was laid in bed, didn't know if he was going to die, couldn't walk, couldn't move, couldn't do anything. And all he concentrated on in his life was said, I want to do something special. And that's what he did. And he ended up getting picked up in the second round of the, of the same draft that Lynn Swan got picked up. And he went to a, a, like a school that most people didn't know anything about and just ended up becoming this, a tremendous player. Everybody knew Lynn Swan were going to be good. Yeah. But... Starworth just <coughs> shocked a lot of people I think the following season it was the Pittsburgh Steelers going f- a perfect 4-0 in Super Bowls which is amazing really so and they beat the Los Angeles Rams um, 31-19 to again another really high scoring Super Bowl and it just shows what the league did for itself just by ramping it up a bit with the uh, you know with the um making the defensive players work a bit harder which is what they do now this is yeah. every year if you look defensive so, every sort of like penalty or any, any sort of rule change that's happened recently is all against defensive play exactly it's, it's all, and a lot of it's to do with safety but a lot of it is also to make the, the game more exciting yeah more exciting and more people to come watch it or people to pay to watch it mate. yeah and then the the following year to this for the second time uh, the Oakland Raiders won a Super Bowl following a Steelers Super Bowl win because them two hated each other going through silver and black silver and black and gold, gold yeah. banging head to head for a very long time. And yeah, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles who got to their first ever Super Bowl and it was basically the beer bowl. The Raiders were the bad boys of football. They like doing going out and having a beer. And the Eagles were famously very strict. Their coach, uh, Dick Vermeil, very strict coach. Obviously a very good coach as well. But he said, you're not going out after this time, you've got to stay there, you've got to, you know, behave yourself. And the Raiders went in there, feeling like they had to play for the rest of the league so people wouldn't be marshalled consistently. Yeah. So they could go out and have a beer, because otherwise they'd be pretty annoyed. Yeah, so the Raiders save every fo- beer-drinking football player's um, social Liberty. Life. Yeah, liberty. <laughs> yeah. Um, the following year... We are introduced to the most exciting offense, offensive team ever, the San Francisco 49ers, um, built on Bill Walsh's you know, West Coast offense. It's 
absolutely precision, absolute precision and great football. And it's all about moving ball outfield, but also hard hitting defense. The defense doesn't really get as much credit as it should. Yep. Back in those days, no one expected the 49ers to do anything. No one knew that much about Bill Walsh other than though he were defensive minded. And he ended up playing against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. And the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, Paul Brown, who had actually vetoed for Bill Walsh to be promoted to be the head coach of the Bengals previously because he didn't think he could take it. So when he got to play his old coach in the Super Bowl, it meant the world to him. And they actually managed to beat him 26-21, leaving the Bengals 0-1 in the Super Bowls, which, well, they're 0-2 now. Yeah. Following year, the Washington Redskins, in a strike-shortened season, managed to beat the Miami Dolphins. Um, and we also had the Colts and the Raiders move. The Raiders moved to LA, and the Colts moved to Bal- uh, from Baltimore to Indianapolis, where they still reside now. It's mad though, that was like, what, nearly 30 years ago? Yeah? yeah well, yeah. 25 years ago now. And people, Baltimore still ate the Colts, Indianapolis Colts, because of what they took away from them. Even though they got the, even they got the team again. And won two Super Bowls. <clears throat> yeah, but even though they've got, I mean, yeah, they've won two Super Bowls, but and the, the, the Ravens have won two Super Bowls as well. But even though they've got that team that's had that success, they still hit the Colts. I think that a lot of it's because they left without saying anything. They left in middle of the night yeah. and just went. The charges almost did the same, didn't they? Well, yeah. they did the same. Thing. They let them know they were going, though, at least. Yeah. They were made very clear that they weren't going to be hanging around if they didn't get a new stadium, then they get a new stadium. So you can blame that on the city, the city council as much as anything else, yeah. Yeah, so Washington Redskins beat the Dolphins, who got 2 and 2 in Super Bowls. Um, the quarterback with Joe Theismann, who is just a TV personality, he's, he's a clear 80s TV personality. I think he still talks on some games now. He's just. How do you pronounce that name? I thought, I thought it was Thiesman. Oh, okay. God, I'm not going through this. <laughs> but yeah, and then 1983, the LA Raiders managed to beat the Washington Redskins in the Super Bowl 38-9. to That's a slam in that. And when you consider that the Redskins that season had actually had the best offensive season of any team ever and they thought they were going to walk against the Raiders because the Raiders weren't expected to do anything. The two, the two seasons where they won Super Bowls in 80 and in uh, 83 they had Jim Plunkett who had to come in in both seasons after someone got injured and play at quarterback when he had been rejected by every other club he's still the only two time Super Bowl winning quarterback who was not in the Hall of Fame it's mad then Bob Greasy is yeah Bob Greasy <coughs> it's an embarrassment he, he won, like an amazing yeah, Bob Greasy has a lot of wins as well it's like Plunkett game manager like you said though Plunkett won a game manager no but, but, but Bob Greasy was oh, yeah. Plunkett came in and he, and he gave him the impetus yeah. to win but um, like I say, um, they just destroyed him. Marcus Allen, you know, absolute world, world he ever running back. He ended yep. up doing, doing his part to help him batter him. But yeah, Flores, two time head coach who won a Super Bowls and never got into all fame. It's absolutely stupid. Nineteen eighty four, the Chicago Bears, um, Chicago Bears, sorry, the San Francisco Forty Niners. Getting excited. It's their second Super Bowl. I am. <laughs> Getting close. It's their second Super Bowl and playing against Miami Dolphins who were headed by Dan Marino. Now, this was the Super Bowl between Dan Marino and, to- and Tony Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana. <laughs> and everyone expected Marino's Dolphins to win it, even though it were only his second season because he was slinging that ball about. Mm-hmm. It took teams so long to get to a stage where they could even challenge how many points they were putting on board. 
this was supposed to be this exp- explosive offence going against this other explosive offence and no one knew what was going to happen. And what happened was the 49ers were coached so well defensively and played so well offensively, they absolutely walked the game and they beat them 38-16, which is amazing. Absolutely. Considering what Marino had done that season. Yeah. To just to shut them down. It was mad. And everyone thought it was going to be a high-scoring affair and it was going to be bombs away from both sides. And yeah, I probably thought it was going to be something like 30 to 33 or something. Yeah. And, and, and Bill Walsh just, 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 just shushed him. He did. But yeah. he probably wasn't the greatest offensive... He's the greatest offensive coach of all time. He? Most offences now are built on what he introduced. Yeah, so following year, 1985... Um, we are blessed with the <laughs> Chicago Bears. Their defense, absolutely. That this defense. If I had to go, top five defenses that I know about of all time, through you know through reputation, you've got to put Steelers on there. Yep. From and obviously all the famers, but I'd probably put them fifth. First would probably be two thousand Ravens. Yep. We're losing that all. Second would be the eight five Bears. Actually, I'd probably put the steel curtain fourth and move them up. And the current bears, I could happily put fifth. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're just scary at the minute. No, I don't, don't disagree with you after watching that. And sh- shortly after that, you could probably put the f- 2015 Broncos. Made some good defence. Yep. But, yeah, anyway, this team were built on defence with the run game again. So we're getting back to good old days of football. Yeah. And they managed to beat the New England Patriots, who made it to their first Super Bowl as well, forty six ten. So not really a close game, was it? An absolute spanking. And then we get the following year, nineteen eighty six season. It's the New York Giants winning the Super Bowl against the Denver Broncos, who were led by um, some guy called John Elway. I don't know if you've heard of him. That's a Broncos two and two, and Phil Sims played pretty much a perfect game as quarterback. Probably his best game ever up until that point, and they managed to spank the the Denver Broncos thirty nine to twenty. I don't know, sound like that much of a spanking, but from what you've seen here about the game, they absolutely killed them. They had Lawrence Taylor playing at linebacker as well, who was probably top three player of all time. Absolutely, just wrecking shop. Tremendous game to have seen. Can't argue with that. LT was a was different grade. He was a he was, sort of the. Uh, Generational linebacker. Oh, I mean, you look at Von Miller and Khalil Mack now, <coughs> these two aren't anywhere near as good as you. Nope. And, and these two are all of fame players as well. Yeah, but like the LT was the they brought them all when they when they made LT. They oh, definitely. Nineteen eighty eight rolls round. Uh, the Cards moved to Arizona. Spent a little bit of time called the uh, Phoenix Cardinals, and they eventually become the Arizona Cardinals. And we get the San Francisco Forty. Uh, sorry, not the San Francisco Forty Niners. The Washington Redskins, this is 87 season, sorry. They beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. The Denver Broncos up to the third, obviously led by John Elway again. Again, yeah. And the first ever black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, Doug Williams. Doug Williams. And they won it 42 to 10. I'm not going to go into Doug Williams too much. No, they won it handily though, didn't they? Yeah, 42 to 10. And they were losing nearly on. <coughs> and I think that offensive line back then is just world class the greatest offensive line ever yeah they just absolutely just mauled Denver and some of the holes that the running back were running into were just crazy that Diesel Riggins wasn't it no that was the 82 team Joe Diesel right, Riggins right. 
this guy was the rookie and he just had a good game. And most players said they'd never even heard out from him after that game. <laughs> uh, 49ers win the next Super Bowl to beat the Bengals again, 2016. This was a head, head coach against his former protege. Um, again, it's just 49ers doing 49ers things. They want a massive win in 2016, but it was a win. And then the Broncos get to their next Super Bowl in the 989 Super Bowl playing against the San Francisco 49ers again. <laughs> And we'll just leave it at that. Yep. <laughs> Not a fun day for uh, told John. No, it was a, it was a, it was a good day for the old, uh, for Joe Montana though. Not bad, was it? Not a bad day at all. And the next section um, is a bit of a sad time. It was basically the NFC East winning four Super Bowls and the Buffalo Bills losing four Super Bowls. Yep. An awful time, especially for Bills fans. The second team to ever lose four Super Bowl. Oh no, the third team ever to lose four Super Bowls after the Broncos, but the <laughs> first team to lose three in a row. Yeah, that's bad. But at least you got to four. Yeah. Got beaten by the Giants, Redskins, and the Dallas Cowboys twice, and they took a pasting in a couple of these. But what are you gonna do? Cowboys went like I say went two and zero oh in then Super Bowls. 1995, the San Francisco 49ers win the, finally win the fifth Super Bowl by beating the San Diego Chargers, who were at their first. Oh, Steve Young, wasn't he, getting the old uh, Joe Montaigne monk uh, of his back? Yeah, finally getting his uh, Super Bowl. And then in 1995, the Cowboys got there the third time in four years, first team to do that, and beat the Steelers. Obviously, it was the Steelers, but they went two years without one. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys beat the Steelers. Steelers losing their first ever Super Bowl to go four and one at Super Bowls. Cowboys are now five and three. Following year, we get Green Bay Packers who go three and zero in Super Bowl by beating the Patriots at their second Super Bowl. Now the Packers had Brett Favre back then. They were just a powerhouse, and everybody expected them to you know walk through a lot of teams. Nineteen ninety five brought the Rams to St Louis. The Jags are born and the Panthers are born. The Jags were named through a, a fan contest. So. What were it like when you got your new teams? <laughs> it was. It was it was strange because I thought you know I was expecting to come from a different you know the the, the change of franchise or whatever, but they did it to sort of balance the um, the league out a little bit because it obviously there was there was three teams there was I think it was one one division had five teams in it. Ah, was, definitely the trip Buccaneers. We it? we were uh, NFC Central I believe at the yeah, time that, that's when it moved to uh, it was Central East and West and then they moved to North South East and West. So they expanded enough to get enough so teams in. What were the twenty nine teams when before them two were coming? I think it was thirty teams. No, because it's thirty now, isn't it? It came in two thousand and two. Yeah, so it? it was took it up to thirty teams, I think, because it was Texans and Titans came in. Texans, oh, yeah. So okay. it, that took it to thirty. To, that took, to, that took it to thirty Titans teams. Titans at Oilers. Yeah, but there were there was no team for a little while. Sure, I think so. Yeah, there was thirty teams for a while, and the, the Titans and the. Um, and Texans came in. I'm not sure on that, mate, to be honest with you. I'm sure that I'm sure the Texans stopped. They were around until at least 93, the Oilers. I'm sure they stopped for a little while. I just remember being called the Houston Oilers for a long time. 1996 still called Houston Oilers until. <coughs> I'm not saying you're wrong, mate. It's mm. just I mean, I could be, I don't, but I've yeah, had. Many. Houston Oilers from nineteen sixty to nineteen sixty six, Tennessee Titans from nine ninety seven to nine Tennessee Oilers from ninety seven to ninety eight, Tennessee Titans from ninety nine to present, so they have always been oh, okay. team. So there must have been a weird about. Yeah. I think there was definitely there was definitely um 
one division that had five teams in it, and they. Oh, it's a weird five teams now. Yeah, so, so each, each conference had, had a team that had five divisions in it, and they, they added the extra teams so they could turn it into four fours. I think. Nah, I can't remember. We've got Ravens think. as well, Runda. Yeah. And Browns, so that's two. That's a team extra there. So that is your two. Your Browns and your Ravens. So you got your Ravens extra, and you got your Houston Texans extra. So that makes you 30. So you are right. Yeah, okay. I'll just... Either way, <laughs> it works. It's all added up. It's fine. The, the maths, maths is fine. We worked the maths out. It's fine. We've done it. We're there. What uh, out? Uh, I think we were the Packers beating the Patriots, were we not? And then we got. We oh, yeah, pa- to... Panthers and Jaguars coming in. Apparently, yeah. the uh, helmet for the Jags had a. A thing that looked like the actual car Jaguars emblem on it, and they had to change it or they were going to get sued. Poor. The year after the Browns died and the Ravens were born, Baltimore Ravens, they weren't allowed to be called the Baltimore Browns, which actually sounds alright. Um, but the Browns fans were livid. They ripped the stadium to pieces. The team had been a team that looked like it was going to be great. It was coached by Bill Belichick. <laughs> You know, you look at that team. A lot of stuff's been born from the, you know, from the corpse of the Browns back then. Yeah, has created so many massive things in sports now. The Ravens could have been called the Marauders, the Americans, but obviously they went with Ravens due to Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, and his crap fucking poem. Ninety seven, the Ooh. Oilers moved to Tennessee. We come to Tennessee Oilers. They could have been called the to- Tornadoes, the Copperheads, the South Stars. And the Wranglers, but they were named obviously the Titans, which is a fun thing, I guess. <laughs> it's an ironic game. Right. The Titans are supposed yeah. to be gods, are they? Yeah. Well, exactly. I they got to a Super Bowl, didn't they? So, like, mm-hmm. not all that bad. Lost. Well, yeah. Inch away from winning it. I know. There's an inch or a mile in the count. Yeah. Next up, we have the Broncos beating the Green Bay Packers. Much favoured Green Bay Packers. Lol, take that right far. <laughs> and the year after the Broncos should have been playing the Vikings and getting beat by them but they didn't they beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl we've got the greatest show on turf in 99 that uh, was an amazing team though. Yeah. yeah well can you just elaborate on it because obviously I didn't get into sport for another few years I think <coughs> it was Dick Vermeil again who we went back to when the, yeah. the, the Eagles the lost Eagles. Their, their first Super Bowl yeah and he, he came and he just sort of he seemed to mellowed like he left the league completely because he had massive sort of health problems and he um he came back in the league and he his wife's like you got unfin- you got unfinished business, go back into a team and and just just try your best. In his first couple of seasons, I think he came in sort of ninety seven. He took over as the head coach there, and I think by the time they got to the Super Bowl in two well in the ninety nine season two thousand season, I think there's only like two guys left on the team from when he took over. And I'm just trying to get the team now because there was there was Trent Green got injured quarterback and then yeah, getting. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner and the, the rest as I say is history traded for Marshall Falk as well yeah. so they did a couple of big trades to boost the offence and they had a defensive lineman uh, DeMarco Farr that's DeMarco the guy Farr big guy yeah. still he, learning kickboxing yeah he was the only he was the one of the guys that, that made it from the from yeah. when, from Dick from Dick from, from Bill to yeah Dick Vermeil actually said at one point watching the game saying that um, one player would get in NFL and that DeMarco Farr wouldn't be enough Nobody had to play in the Super Bowl team. No, I think one of my favourite quotes from Dick Vermeil was was that season he he, the the run them hard in 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 pre season, and he said to every single player any anyone moaned or anyone took any any sort of like were were blowing and say look guys, win it to win it this season you don't ease into a street fight, yeah, you go in you go in, charging and screaming and kicking yeah, yeah. and you you go into you go into win you don't go into sort of see how you'll do, 
and I think the Markov, <laughs> the best of my, my best memory of him was when he uh, he was trying to sort of like get himself more flexible, to to help fit into the scheme and keep his position on the roster and, and please Vermeil. He took up like say kickboxing. Vermeil asked him how it had made him, you know, how, how he felt about it, how it made him a better player. So he said, "Well, coach, gives a whole lot of confidence." What do you mean gives a lot of confidence? If you know you can kick a guy in the mouth, gives a whole <laughs> lot of confidence. And I love that. That that was an amazing team to watch. Really so was. They had Isaac Bruce, didn't they? They had uh, yeah. Tory. What Tory Holt there? Uh, he, Tory Holt. Isaac brought Tory Holt. They had um, Kevin Carter. Like you say, you had um, Marshall Falk. What a great score. Uh, what a great best. Orlando um, Pace. Orlando, I was Orlando Pace. All of them. Should be a Orlando Fletcher, who was still playing sort of like yeah, until sort of like 2010, so he had a real long season. Great, great players in that team. Yeah. And then the year after, we get the greatest defence of all time at Baltimore Ravens. Now, this team's offence was awful. A Trent Dilfer at quarterback. and Trent Dilfer? Yeah, Trent Dilfer. And it's like, he ended up being quarterback because the previous quarterback got injured. Not injured, no, he was terrible. Yeah, was and it then, Tony Banks? Yeah, Tony Banks at quarterback, yeah. and he were awful. So they got Trent Dilfer at quarterback, and basically he says that he just did simplistic things. Tried to get a ball to Shannon Shah. If Shannon wanted to get a ball to Stokely. Yeah. Tried to get the one ball with Jamal Lewis, and that's just what they did. And, and it was a hell of a defensive game. The defence was so good. And they absolutely smashed Giants 34 7 in the Super Bowl. Kicked Giants the first ever Super Bowl loss. And then year after, something horrible happened to the sport. <laughs> well, for, for a brief moment, Bill Belichick was the uh, head coach of the Jets, was he not? Yeah, and then Jacqueline Bauer about Texans were. All oh, right. <laughs> I wonder if you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he was. Did he? Did they? I can't. Did he? Did the uh, Patriots cough up a first round pick for him? Yeah, they had to give some up. The composite. They had to compensate the Jets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then some stuff. The rest, as I say, is 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 history. Yeah. The first ever Super Bowl win for Tom Brady and the Patriots with Bill Belichick. They beat the. Uh, and that was another injured quarterback, Steve wasn't it? Lewis, yeah, yeah. Drew Bledsoe got injured. Yeah, and then. Punctured his lung, but he didn't get back at team because of how well Tom Brady were playing. And then we have the Buccaneers beat the Oakland Raiders in the next Super Bowl. The John Yucks. Gruden was brought in by Tampa Bay that season to help him win a Super Bowl after Tony Dungy had built the team up to be a defensive powerhouse. Yeah, he came and in. And he went in and he won it first time round and he beat his previous team 48 21. So he basically coached two teams to play each other in the Super Bowl. And then year after, we were Patriots beat the Panthers, Patriots beat the Eagles. Basically, yeah, I'm not going to run through every team now. I've gone through all the history of it for you. A lot of the year over the scene, who's won the recent Super Bowls? We all know Patriots have dom- have just dominated. That's what the the last, you know, twenty years has been. New England Patriots winning six Super Bowls, and then you speckled in with a couple of Giants wins, a couple of Steelers wins, and then uh, Green Bay Packers, Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles. You know these teams popping up with one in win here or there. Yeah. But it's basically just been Patriots dominance ever since then. Yeah. But I hope you enjoyed your little trip through. Our little uh, history. And now, for the final part of this little show, I'm just going to run through quite a lot of the names that were... That we could have had. We, we could have had. That gone to the wind. I'd like you, Matt, to rate these out of ten. Ten being amazing, one being dogger? Yes. Okay, just so originally we had the Akron Pros. A, a seven. 
73. Just a three. Just a three. It sounds awful. Buffalo All-Americans. Again, a three. Canton Bulldogs. No, I like that, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a heavy eight, that. I like that. Chicago Cardinals. Uh, it was a t- five, five. <laughs> Chicago Tigers. Three. Hope you don't eat that Cardinal. <laughs> Cleveland Tigers. That's just copying, so you get two. Right, we're getting into the elites now. The Columbus Panhandlers. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Nine. <laughs> Dayton Triangles. Again, nine. <laughs> the... Uh, Decatur Staley's uh, six the Detroit Heralds <laughs> that's a six is that a Harry Potter? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Hammond Pros the Hammond Pros Hammond, Hammond. Pros yeah four Muncie Flyers <laughs> know where Muncie is uh, that's a three oh, that's a to the elites again the Rochester Jeffersons ooh <laughs> Is that Rochester, New York, perchance? No, yeah, I yeah, like yeah. that. That's um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good seven. I like that. <laughs> the Rock Island Independents. Eight, like that. The Cincinnati Celts. One. Evansville Crimson Giants. One. <laughs> Green Bay Packers. None. None. Zero. Minus the three. Louisville Brecks, but they were also called the Louisville Colonels. I like the Colonels. That's a that's a seven. Minneapolis Marines. Also called the Red Jackets. Which is eight. I like that. <laughs> Stupid Vikings name. <laughs> New York Brickley Giants. <laughs> yeah, that's a six just because it's got brick in it. And this is the MVP. The Tonawanda Cardex. Wow. That sounds like someone's dropped a bag of Scrabble tiles. <laughs> <laughs> what are you giving it, mate? Uh, it's ten. I love it. <laughs> Played only one game. <laughs> Because no one had enough fucking letters to put up on scoreboard. <laughs> now, fuck right. We couldn't say it. You got to change your name so it was simple. <laughs> Washington Senators. Senate, the, the, the hockey that's, team that's called that's hockey that, team. Capitals, yeah. they're called. Yeah. Well, no, the, there was a team called Senators. Oh, Ottawa Senators, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, that's all right. It's a good, so I'll give that a six. The Milwaukee Badgers. That's the um, the, the college team now. Is the, the Badgers out there? I have no clue. Yeah, no. The Toledo Maroons. Oh, no. What did you give the Badgers? I've got the badges of three because it's because Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> it's Wisconsin badges, sorry. Uh, Toledo Maroons. Maroons, I like it. It's a nice colour. I'll get a six. Oorang Indians. I do what? No, because they've got a phone. Oorang Indians. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eight, I love it. The Racine Legion. That's not like something you'd put in your hair. That sounds like a baddie of Superman. Se- seven. Tornadoes, what other name as well at the end. Obviously, Cleveland Indians. Yeah. I, I think it could because it was clever. Six. The Duluth Kellys or Eskimos. That's Minnesota. I think if it had been Eskimos. Yeah, that's what the main name was. Oh, well, yeah, that's the nine. I like that. <laughs> St. Louis All-Stars. It was a two because it's a lie. <laughs> this is another baller name. The Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. Yeah. Wasps, in it. Yeah, seven. Take that. Sting well, that. Seven, seven and a half, that. The Kenosha Maroons. That's not fucking real. That's that sounds like a dessert. Three. <laughs> Kansas City Blues, I think that says. Can't read your fucking writing. <laughs> uh, four, because you can't read it. Uh, the Pots, the Pots, uh, Pottsville Maroons. Again, oh. sounds like dessert. Four. Providence Steamrollers. Uh, it's got steamer in it, so we'll go with eight. <laughs> the Hartford Blues. It sounds like... Something like Hartlepool too much, so it's a three. 
Brooklyn Lions. Again, they copied, so three. I didn't know if they were around before. I'd probably go up right in depth for who we were. Um, the Boston Yanks. Um, Boston's a three. The Detroit Wolverines, which Wolverine. is the Michigan Wolverines now, aren't they? So, I like the Wolverines, so that's nine. And the Buffalo Bisons. Again, I think like, they've missed a trick there somewhere, but I'll give them, give them a seven for that. And let's not forget the Portsmouth Spartans. Ten. What happened to them, eh? <laughs> Imagine how, if all these teams had still been knocking about, we'd have had like a, like a, right, seven, like a six a yeah, we'd have fucking ridiculous. It'd be like, it'd be like, it'd be like, it'd be like basketball, right? Oh, we'd have to make it like Premier League, Championship League one. Yeah. Right, unfortunately now we've got a, a dead heat for a final for a winner. All right. So it's the Portsmouth Spartans with 10. Yeah. Versus the Tanawanda Cardex. Oh, Tanawanda Cardex. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> the Scrabbles. Just just for the, the prison and name they pick, they definitely win it. <laughs> right, well, I hope you all enjoyed that, that little brief Ed Stream time. And if when you send your questions or your comments in on, uh, if you could come on as on as iTunes while putting it a review on, that'd be great, and we can use that in the next show. Or send us an email, and Matt will give you the details now. That's uh, Eddie and Matt, OKTC at gmail dot com, and on Twitter, which is the same handle at Eddie and Matt OKTC. So, um, yeah, just give us a shout. Let us know which one of the names you think should have stuck around and. Thank you all for listening. I've got a bit of a horse throat now. I'm going to have to have something to drink. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm glad you all wished Matt well. He seems to be feeling a little bit better. Yep, feeling 100%. Had a good weekend away with uh, Matt, our, exec- our executive producer. <laughs> right, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks all for listening, like Eddie said. Uh, if you like what you've heard, review, subscribe and tell your friends. If not, this has been the Robert Craft Guide to, to, to Day Spas. And also uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> we'll be back later in the week. Uh, we're going to do like we did last week for our prediction show. We'll record them separate and we'll put it into another little podcast for you. Uh, so we'll catch you then.